Hello and welcome to Zack Attack. We're never going to be better than this. This is episode 7? I think. How do I, n- I never know the numbers? No, it's okay. Just roll with it. Episode 7, The Paperboy from 2012. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And because this movie does not take place in modern day, because this is our second throwback Zack Attack episode, we have our historic Zack Attack expert, <laughs> previously on <laughs> in Parkland, Mike Manzi, co-founder, co-host of everything on this beautiful network. Hello, Mike. Hello, guys. Hello, Joes. Thanks for having me back. What's up, so, what's up? this is the second movie out of seven that we've done that's not been today, and you're on both of them. And I know wow. you, the next movie that you're doing is another one that's back in time. Don't want to give any, you know, spoilers as to when you'll be back on, but what about these movies draws you to them? Uh, man, I, I don't know. That's that's a great question. I, I like period pieces. Um, I like... Zach Efron through time, I suppose. You know, I like to see how he fits in other decades. I, I think he maybe he's a little boring in modern times. I want to see a Zep you know, Space it, movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we talk on Cage and Keanu. Uh, do these actors fit in other time periods? And it's interesting that so far all my experiences with the Zef are in other time periods. So this movie, Joe got me really excited about this movie because he's like, oh, it was a con selection, you know, it's like this yeah. big movie, it's got all this like awards ceremony nonsense. There's this rumor that's going around online that it had like the longest standing ovation in con history at 15 minutes. Wow. Wow. But Damn. I was reading on Wikipedia and they sourced some guy who was talking about that, who was there, and he said that the 15-minute quote-unquote ovation was basically just people, like, making sounds and, like, booing the screen. <laughs> so it was, like, a 15-minute uh, reaction. Of them leaving. They, like, like they blocked off the end of the, like, walk, like, the end of the aisles, and then people just, like, had to climb this wall to get out, and there was just all the commotion from that. And I don't want to get us off on the wrong foot from the beginning, but I don't know if either of you knew this, but the AV Club named this the worst film of 2012. Really? Wow. Yeah. This movie I mean, is garbage, you guys. Nah, dude, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. It's got it's got problems, but like I don't think it's the worst. Yeah, hmm. definitely not. It is. It's it's bad. I mean, it's the. I think the the, the biggest problem Define with the bad. movie. The biggest problem with the movie is that like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like this is directed by Lee Daniels, who did Precious, who did The Butler, yeah, who did all these different movies. Huge cast, huge cast. It's huge. got Zeph and McConaughey and Nicole Kidman and John Cusack and yeah. Macy Gray, acclaimed actress Macy Gray. <laughs> well, she's she's pretty good in this. She's I mean, not she's bad. Very in this. natural. I mean, yeah. She was great. Actually, she was really great in this. I liked her a lot. And I will, I will compliment this movie when the time arises. But like, it's the movie is like it's so serious. It's not serious to the point of camp, but it comes close. Like, like the things that happen in this movie are so crazy, but they're almost not crazy enough. Or maybe they're like I don't know. There's a weird like spectrum where like a movie goes from like good to so crazy it's bad to so crazy it's good yeah. to so crazy it's bad again. I feel yeah, like it, this is somewhere which it doesn't the final product is not good. It was like towing the line of being spring breakers for me. It was just about to get there. Yeah, I think it, it's like one step away from fully committing to something, you know, I, and I think that's why it almost feels like it's borderline parody because Joe, you're Joey number one. <laughs> uh, you're right when you're like, it doesn't know what it is. Like, it's it's this law trial 
traditional Law and Order sort of movie, and then it's this exploration of the South in the late 60s, and it goes off the rails in sort of both directions and never quite makes it to the station, I would say, so that by the end, I mean, it just gets so more and more fucked up that by the end, I'm just like, what's kind of the point of all of it? But I, but I was entertained, and I think that's a, a little I was. A key thing. Yeah, I agree. So did you both like the movie? I liked it, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was very interesting. It was kind of like Oscar Beatty to me, but I liked it, and I really liked the um, aesthetics of it. It was shot beautifully for me. I, like I mean, Joe, this doesn't this doesn't fit into your Rotten Tomatoes thing because I think it has like a forty three percent or something. Yeah, it has a forty three. So it's, it's not you know ten or below or eighty or above or whatever your criteria mm. are. This is in that weird middle ground where yeah. it's not a movie you normally see. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I looked it up. It was like forty eight, and I was like, oh man, I thought it was going to be lower than that. I was hoping for something lower. It works for me. I liked it. The actresses were great. The whole acting was good. In my opinion, I liked it. They, everybody was believable. The most important or the best part of the movie, I think, and maybe you guys can agree or disagree, but I really don't... I mean, I don't want to say, like, I'm right and there's no other right answer, but the best part of this movie is Nicole Kidman, right? She's, like, amazing. She's really, really good in this movie. I think Matthew McConaughey yeah. is awesome, too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he slayed it. I think McConaughey has... His character has a lot of problems in this movie, but... I liked his performance a lot, but yeah, I think this is a, a Nicole Kidman vehicle, and actually I love what Cusack is doing. Not sure if they yeah, knew he dude. was filming that day, if they just kind of caught him <laughs> when he woke up, but uh, the, the acting is is really strong. I'm, I'm kind of torn. Like I did enjoy most of this film, but I'm aware of its faults, and I can see why it's considered a bad movie. Yeah. Like, all of that yeah. voiceover stuff had to go. There was no real point of Macy Gray telling this story. It should have just been... Agreed. Presented. So that, for me, took a lot out of it. Uh, by the end, and I'd say halfway through, I started feeling like I was overstaying my welcome with these with these people. And, and that's when the movie sort of felt to me like uh, it really starts to get scatterbrained toward the end. Did anybody else feel like John Cusack's role in this movie was very reminiscent of seeing Robin Williams play in Insomnia? No, I don't know. Because like, I've never thinking... seen him in a role like this, like in like a serial killer role. Oh, and well, it you just, need like, to see me. You need to see Cage Club classic The Frozen yep. Ground. Never which gonna is watch it. Terrible. <laughs> it's one. It's. It's. Mike, would you agree that this, that's probably one of the five or ten worst movies? Yeah, most in? definitely. Yeah. We told a story on that episode, I believe, that's been told also on, like on how this get made. And Danny Trejo tells it a lot. People asked Danny Trejo when he was on the set of Con Air. You know, this movie where there's all these badasses walking around or people who have played badasses like John Malkovich and you have yeah. Danny Trejo and you have, I'm forgetting so many people, you have, I mean, obviously Nicolas Cage, you have all these different people and they said, who was the scariest guy on set? And they, he said, John Cusack. And people were like, John what? Cusack? Like, really? What do you, and he said, you look in his eyes and there's nothing there. <laughs> like, he's just dead in the eyes. And it's just, it's terrifying. And so Cusack is sort of, you know, he's the cop in that movie, and he does a fine job. I mean, the movie's amazing, but he does a fine job. And then in The Frozen Ground, he comes back to Cage again, and he is this serial killer who abducts girls and chains them in his basement and then murders them. And it's like this, like, he's just, he's unhinged, and like, I feel like... Yeah, he's kind of off his know, rocker, man. I want to see Love and Mercy, that Beach Boys movie where he plays old Brian Wilson, but I feel like a, a couple movies lately, he's just sort of like, alright, like I'm going to get real weird and crazy on screen and just not really care how I'm portrayed. Yeah, do like the Jim Carrey syndrome or something, right? Because he is mostly known 
to be kind of the nice guy. I mean, even Gross Point Blank, he's playing a hitman, but he's super charming, and, you know, it's a black comedy. So this, The Frozen Ground, the Beach Boys movie, which I saw, you know, stuff like this is, like, a darker turn for Cusack. It's, like, dark Cusack, and... I think it's really good stuff. Like, he hasn't done a lot of this. I, I heard he played Edgar Allan Poe. Like, I want to go back and see him in that movie now because I'm digging Dark Cusack. Yeah, I really, I thought he was great in this movie. I just didn't expect it from him. I was, like, floored that he was this, like, just insane person. On the other end of the spectrum, in more ways than one, possibly, did anybody else get the idea or the, did anybody else think that maybe Zac Efron was playing a character who was a little bit simple-minded? Yeah, but I AKA, think that was just, like, like the Sort of, you know, not, not very intense intelligent, sort of a little bit slow, a little bit simple. No, not at all. Well, you didn't think that? Nope. Not at all? Nope. He's just from the South, dude. Well, I got the... Not saying that Southern people are dumb or anything, just saying, like, he just had, like, a Southern slowness to... Like, not in that sense. Just, like, everything that he was saying... I think it's more than that. Nah, I don't think so. Now that you mention it, I think that they could have pushed it further. I I didn't pick up on that. I, I did get the sense that he was kind of just a dumb kid like not really well he was like an athlete like a job yeah that's what they say right like he was almost an olympic swimmer or he competed and it was like his anger he started getting into fights and disqualified and so like he's a real hothead which i wish they sort of used more of in the movie they they get there but not they don't go far enough with that but i didn't get the sense that he was like retarded or like a boo radley kind of character or anything like that like a simple jack but no he's not a genius it's it's his brother the reporter who's sort of got all like the smarts in the family, I suppose. There was more than one scene where I thought that Zac Efron might be playing a guy who's retarded. Like, it's... it's <laughs> he's Not not only is he not experienced, because the whole point of the movie, the whole sort of purpose of his character is that he finds his first true love, and this is Nicole Kidman, who has fallen in love with John Cusack, who is in prison. Like, even describing this in a sentence, like, it makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kidman is this beautiful white trash woman and she's not really she, white trash though. She mm-hmm. she's kind of yeah, she's kind of white trashy. And she has like a hundred guys in prison writing to her about how they all want to like what's what's the what's the phrase like they all want to put their head between her legs. <laughs> but she knows that John Cusack is different from the rest of them because he demands in his letters to her that like she go down on him instead of the other way around. So that proves that his head is wired different. I'm just like, I don't know. But anyway, she falls in love with John Cusack, has never met him. They're just pen pals back and forth, sort of become engaged via letters before they ever see face-to-face. Meanwhile, Matthew McConaughey and the guy who plays... Martin Luther King and Selma, who, by the way, is called Martin <laughs> yes. Luther King in this yes. movie. Yeah, ironically, that right? That Which crazy. is crazy. McConaughey and the guy who plays Martin Luther King, uh, David Oyelowo, I don't know how to Yardley. pronounce his last name. Yardley in the movie. The two of them are newspaper reporters, they're journalists, who are convinced that John Cusack was put away you know, without any kind of evidence, that he was accused of murdering the sheriff who... Like, everything, they're so... It's so complicated. The, the, yeah. The, the sheriff was like... The, sort of, the sheriff was like a little bit of a loose cannon, and people a said racist. that he murdered him. He was murdering a bunch of black people. Remember, he murdered Macy's Grace family. Cusack supposedly murdered him and was put away, but there wasn't really evidence, and so McConaughey and Yardley are trying to get him free, 
and so Nicole Kidman teams up with them because she know, has all, all this research. <laughs> right. Zach Efron's just there because he's McConaughey's younger brother, and he falls in love with Nicole Kidman. And so his whole arc in this movie is that he, he falls in love though. with this older woman who is taken. She doesn't love him back, and because this is his first love, he can never really get over her. I think she does love him back, though, even from the get. I don't think. I mean, I think she feels bad for him. I don't think she loves him. Nah, she yeah, likes I think him. She gets there at the end when she realizes life with Cusack is just going to be a huge fucking mistake. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. was, it was like such a case of be careful of what you wish for. To, to that end, I want to just point out what I'm about to say isn't going to be on the Cage Club Podcast Network for a couple weeks, but we just talked about in Point Break, right? With Tyler and you know, choosing basically between Keanu and Patrick Swayze, I feel like that's the same situation here, that, like, I don't think she loves Zeph. I think it's the fact that, oh, this plan with Cusack is a really bad idea, so instead of going to somebody that she actually loves, she just goes to the only other person nah. she knows who loves her. No, nah, I know what it is. It's that she just craves attention from men. That's why she wrote letters to, like, a million different dudes. She also just wants that. attention from every man. Now it makes sense. And Zeph is sort of the flavor of the week? Yeah, Zeph, Yardley, Cusack, anybody. Like, she just wants male attention. So do you go back, do you sort of rescind your idea? Do you think that she's not actually in love with him? She just, this is just her opportunity? She's enjoying toying with him now when I think about it. Yeah. Like, from the get. Yeah, she even says at one point, like, sex will ruin their friendship or something, right? Like, it's it's yeah. weird. Like, yeah. I really do just get the sense that she feels like they're this motley crew that are going to get her fiancé off a of death row. You know, like, there's a moment in this movie, I think it's, like, around the time they first see Cusack for the first time, where they're all together organizing in the garage, and I'm like, wow, this almost feels like they're the investigative team, and I almost, I was like, they're yeah. setting up a totally different movie than it turns out to be, because, like, it immediately gets, like, dark and darker and even more dark and so dark I had to turn lights on to watch the end of this thing. <laughs> Now, I want to ask you guys, I'm going to describe something to you, and I want you to explain, or I want you to to, to name what I'm describing, okay? Are you going so to describe the blowjob scene? No, it's not that. So it's, <laughs> okay. a, it's, a, it's a story about a murder mystery with an interview being taken place in modern day, mm-hmm. but the most of the action yeah. being taken place in the past, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever... Yep. And it stars Matthew yeah, McConaughey. I got this. I got this sensation. And it's and it's in yeah. the south. And Within it's in the, the south. First five minutes, I was like true detective, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what drives me crazy that you guys said, or at least I think Joe might have said that you know McConaughey's good in this movie. I think but, he's like, great this in this movie. Is, this is not. He's not Rust Cole. No. Like the, the the part that he was born to play in this sort of sense was Rust Cole. Mm. You know. Yeah, but if you just, didn't like, see Rust Cole in True Detective, would you be staying the same thing now? I still. I still don't think he's great in this movie. I think he's. I think he's fine. I don't know. Like, I really whole... like that he takes the risk and plays these like fringe characters. You know what's kind of interesting to me with him in this movie? He just feels like super comfortable and like he belongs there. And I think it's because he's from yeah. the South and he's not doing an accent. That's his real voice. And he, you just get the sense that he knows how to read these people. And that like almost like like when he's in the kitchen with Macy Gray, like that's one of my favorite moments because they barely say a word to each other. It's just like this recognition almost giggling. And yeah. I think it's. Yeah. McConaughey, just his body language, his all that. And I, I mean, yes, he's done better work in his life, but I think he's good in this. And I think especially, like, he's really strong in the first half, which helps me buy what happens to him towards the second half of this movie more. You know, like, his character yeah. got a radical change at one point, and I actually ended up buying that more than I thought I would. Same. Well, I feel like the problem that I have with him is sort of the one of many problems of the fact that this is a movie based on a book, 
it's that we don't really spend a lot of time, that much time with this character. And to me, at least, and maybe it was just because I was sort of not necessarily looking for things to not like about the movie, but sort of in that vein. Was this book fiction? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I would imagine so, but... You yeah, know, it seems like it, right? Okay. But it could be based on something. But the whole twist of the movie is that he's actually gay, and that he gets, like, beat up because of that, mm-hmm. and there's this whole, like, subplot. Like, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, I actually picked up on that between him and his partner. And Yardley. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked up on and, and he has got those scars on his face, right? So I was sort of putting a pass together for his character that actually turned out to be true. I was like, wow, he is repressive sexual deviant in a lot of ways, you know? Like, he hates himself and has people beat him up and do crazy sexual things to him because he feels like he deserves it's wild I was just going on these sort of like I felt like I was picking up clues along the way like I will say like you know this movie could have had a stronger script a stronger plot but I do feel like Lee Daniels the director does a really good job with those types of things with the actual directing of the film even if it doesn't come together yeah there was like that big clue when Zeph was like why is he so friendly with Yardley I don't understand it and they were like really really close and he's like he's not this close with anyone. But it's not like it's not like Yardley is necessarily they they don't have a relationship. Yardley is just like a, he's just sort of like he's like a male Nicole Kidman that he's just an opportunist looking to do whatever he can do to get by in this world and that whether that's faking a British accent because black men from America in the South aren't supposed to be good, like, you know, if if you come from London, you're afforded these other opportunities, or literally blowing Matthew McConaughey to get a better job at the paper. Letting Matthew McConaughey blow him. All these, I mean, it's just, he's just, he's an opportunist. He's like Nicole Kidman in that he will do whatever it takes to get by in this world. I don't know that it necessarily works. I don't think that's a testament to, like, the way that McConaughey's character is written, and I don't think there's really, like, a dynamic between, I don't know. I just didn't buy it all that much. Well, I think it could have been handled a little better because there's even that moment when Macy Gray's voiceover basically comes out and just says, Jack couldn't get it through his head. His brother was a homosexual. Yeah, like, we didn't need to put that out there. We knew it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So the movie does have moments like that, which, you know, makes me think it's not as good as I think it is. You know, I I just... That one stood out for me, too. I was like, once I heard that voiceover, I was like, that was so useless. There's also the voiceover scene where Nicole Kidman and Zeph finally have sex Mm because she feels bad for him. And the Macy Gray's like, this is pretty awkward yeah. to be talking over this, but like, yeah. like I'm just like, I was like, shut up! I didn't there? want to hear that at all. That was the worst writing ever. Yeah, and, that, and that's like attributed, I think, more toward like sticking to the script or sticking to the I, the book. At, you know, that might be to me. That seems like I think Lee Daniels seems like a strong enough director where he'd be like, I think it would work better without all this voiceover. So I don't know. That decision does seem strange because the movie would work so much better without any voiceover. Yeah, agreed, man. I just wanted to, like, start with the voiceover and just stop, you know, like, right at the beginning and then die. Because you know what's crazy? They don't even cut back to present-day Macy Gray at the end of the movie talking to the no. reporter or anything else. Like, yeah, what I know. Is that about? Everything about Macy Gray is weird in this movie. Like, the fact that the first thing we see when you start the movie is her. Like, you don't see title credits. You don't yeah. see production studio I like it it was Literally. a disturbance though I like I kind of I like that yeah, feeling why? like what's what's the purpose yeah, I thought of that? it was a it throws you in it man <laughs> I thought we were watching a trailer first like my DVD started up you know I didn't, I didn't Joey thought the same thing we had a re- we started we started this movie when he was visiting and when we played it he was like whoa turn, like rewind rewind and I was like no that's the beginning dude because like there's no reason for it and like you see her for three seconds and like the millennium pictures logo comes in 
And it's obviously a choice, but there's no justification behind the choice. And I feel like that's the problem with a lot of the things in this movie. Like, things are just happening, and you're like, oh, like, they're, okay, like, that's an artistic decision, but, like, why? Sort of like the voiceover. Like, why is the voiceover there? Why do we keep cutting back to modern day? Even if, like you just said, I think, Mike, you know, even if the, the voiceover is not there, even if that interview part's not there, the story still works. Like, you don't have to, I mean, as well as it does, I mean, you you don't have to narrate from one thing to the other. Like, if you don't want to show the sex scene between Zeph and Nicole Kidman, just sort of, like, have it dissolve and just go to the next scene. Like, we get the point. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's the most awkward fourth wall break ever because... <laughs> yeah, and I don't like it at all. Yeah, and, and just the, the last thing about this whole voiceover thing is that, you know, generally you get a voiceover from the character telling the story from their point of view. It's what they saw, but Macy Gray is talking about stuff she's not even there for, and that just sort of started <laughs> yes. bothering me halfway yeah, through the movie. I agree. So. Yeah, I was definitely irked by this too. Yeah. yeah. But what's also weird about her character, and I think this is... I don't know if it's poor writing or just everything just seems a little off, but, like, the family dynamic is strange, that the boys, that McConaughey and Zeph both are sort of, like, mad at their dad, because it seemed like they were close to their mom, right? And yeah. then the mom died, and so the dad We thought getting... she died, because at the end there, do we really know if she died or not? That's, like, one something I have they in my notes. They said she showed up at the funerals. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't think she's dead. I think she ran away. But they didn't address this at all. I was very, I was frustrated by this. And so they, they well, whatever happened, and that's I that's news to me. Like, I just I guess I just didn't hear that in the movie. Yeah. The mom leaves. They're mad at the dad. The dad is starting to marry or you know dates and then gets engaged to this new woman who he then makes the editor in chief of the newspaper that he owns. And so they're they're resentful of her too. And so there's this whole like bitter, angry family dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. And what's weird is that Macy Gray is sort of like their maid. Like, it's almost it almost feels at times like she's I think that's kind of the point. Like, it feels like she's like their slave, sort of. There's like weird, awkward scenes where Zeph, like in this movie, in the first like 20 minutes of this movie Zeph is like in his underwear basically, like, exclusively. I know. I know. And even like at one point he's just like you know, I could have been jerking off in here and just, like, making <laughs> yeah. people think about... Like, it's... He, he says that to me. It's just I, so I don't weird. think he wears pants, like, 75% of the movie. But, like, what's weird is about those scenes is that, you know, Macy Gray comes in to clean up his room and, like, deliver his laundry or whatever, and it's honestly sort of hard to tell whether he hates her or he likes her. And by No, the end, they really know, like each other, yeah. But it feels like there's, there's a weird dynamic yeah. there. Yeah, it's like sisterly, dude. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, not. No, it I is, think so. It's like, it's like a whole other thing because this is 1969 in Florida and these people are not happy that black people have these rights, you know? I mean, let's just face facts. Like, this is the community. Like, you see Yardley, when he walks into town, I mean, he seems to me at first sight kind of scared shitless and... People yeah, he is. Stare him down and basically make that make it known like they want to murder him. <laughs> like uh, this is a very racist, very boiled over community. And yeah, she is treated like a slave, especially by the new mother figure. And yeah, she sucks. Yeah, you get a sense though that the father doesn't think of her that way. That she's been with the family for so long. Zeph almost considers her part of the family in a way in a way right like not a mother not yeah. a sister but a something there's affection there between the two of them when he throws out the n-word and gets caught by her like that really affects their relationship you know and i don't think they would have focused on that if it wasn't 
true, you know, if it wasn't honest yeah. and important and stuff. And and it's the only time we really see another shade of, of uh, Zac Efron in this movie. He's, like, silent and angry when he's around everyone else, and then when he's around Macy Gray, he's very talkative and he's very, like, open. Affectionate, and, yeah. 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 What bothers me about that is that there's not really a reason... Like, they don't do anything with that. Yes. Like, I get that there's a different dynamic, but they just, they just don't do there's anything There's lots of it. stuff like that. Like, there's lots of stuff they don't yeah. do stuff with. They set up a lot of stuff. Like, they don't really do anything with the fact that the dad owns the local paper, right? And that his... No, they do, because well, he puts of, the, the story of. in that Zach but, is but like, based on. But, like, McConaughey's that guy's older son, that guy's son, and he's working at the Miami paper on a story happening in that town. So they're like competing almost, you know, and they never make any kind of big deal about that. And then the article that they end up do writing gets John Cusack out of prison. And it just kind of feels like an afterthought. I feel like if this movie was strictly about let's get this guy off death row, that would have come more toward the end of the movie. But this movie becomes like almost like no, it wasn't about that though. It was about the family and like that dynamic, yeah, and the relationship. Yes, yeah, and that's what the second half of the movie almost feels more like. It, it shifts and it becomes a movie about the times, the community, the family, and everything else. And that's why it feels almost like two different things. I think. I feel like the problem with this movie, and it's not. I mean, it's sort of, it's almost like, be careful what you wish for, but, like, it could really use another hour. Like, they focus on too many things, but they don't go deep enough into anything, right? No, I thought it was pretty good. Like, they leave a lot of stuff that, like, I didn't really care to know the end to. They, like, wrap up everything that I wanted. What are you talking about? Well, there's just, like, all these dynamics, like, we were just talking about that, like, don't get fleshed out or don't pay off in any way. You sort of learn a little bit about a character, but, like, that's almost not enough to have it, like, be that prevalent in a movie, but not really, not more, like, it's it's a weird, everything's sort of like a weird middle ground, kind of. Yeah, but, like, you know, this is that thing, like, if you focus on too too much, like, if we got too much of a person we didn't care about, we'd be bitching about that, too. I kind of like that, like, Macy Gray and Zeph had this relationship and stuff like that, like, it it was enough for me. It's weird because it's, like, a movie that has a plot that it doesn't really pay any attention to. And I think to me that's what's throwing me is that it feels like it's going to be about getting John Cusack off death row, but really no, it's like it's almost like that it's yeah. like that movie Joe, you know, with David Gordon Green directed the movies like that where it is about the community and it's and there's going to be threads and we're just looking at moments but I wish the movie let me know that a little earlier <laughs> like that's the only thing okay. like it starts off to be like this is a detective that's story fair. Yeah, and yep, then right. at the That's end, fair. it's That's like, fair. oh, it never was a detective story. Yeah, true. They focus, like, at the beginning, they set it up like it's strictly going to be a detective story and then just spins out, mm. which, like, I like. But, yeah, I can understand your view on that, yeah. And I still found it entertaining. It was just frustrating, <laughs> you know. Um, I, be- I I liked the stuff in the swamp a lot, but I was, like, upset with how it resolved in the swamp. I felt like the climax should have been a little, I don't know, we don't see Zeph he never goes into rage mode like I expected him to, you know? Uh, Yeah, and where the fuck does he get the boat from at the end? Like, you know, there's, like, so many questions. I had questions, too, but I kind of liked that it just kept moving, and it was like, you know, fuck your questions. The movie just kept on going on. Speaking of climaxes, do you think we should talk about that masturbation scene in the prison? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's super weird, right? Like, I mean, it's obviously weird, but, like, it's super weird, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I definitely didn't think we needed that, like, fucking jizz shot from John Cusack at the oh, end. But. And, and it's the scene, it's the moment in the movie where it's, uh, it's like the most intense thing that's happened yet. And 
it's the least, it's like one of the least intense things that's going to happen from here on out, you know? The movie's like, oh, if you think this is crazy, just like wait a couple minutes. Yeah. Someone's going to get pissed off, someone's going to get hogtied, like shit is going to get wild. Yeah, I was messaging Joey during this and like every time I was like, at this scene I was like, oh shit, this movie's really weird. And then like every 10 minutes I'd be like, that's way weirder. This is way, way weirder. (laughs) It's all like... Oh, God. So the, this is the first time that we see John Cusack, and he just, like, strolls into the room like a wild dog. And we're like, oh, okay, so this is what we're going to deal with, and we talked about this before. But then he demands Nicole Kidman spread her legs and then tear away her pantyhose. They both start masturbating. and he No, they don't his... touch. Is that considered masturbating if you're not touching anything? They're touching themselves. No, he's not. Oh, he's touching himself. Yeah, he's, he's, rubbing, his he's rubbing his pants. Okay, okay. He's absolutely... It's even more awkward because McConaughey, Zeph, and the other guy, they're all in the room also. Yeah, it's <laughs> so weird. Did you anybody else catch McConaughey, like, putting the paper over his bone? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, McConaughey got hard. I mean, everything was weird. <laughs> like, so the guard is supposedly watching what's going on, but he doesn't say or do anything until this is all done. He's like, oh, this isn't that kind of meeting. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, he lets it go on for, like, five minutes, and then it's like, now you stop. What was really sort of added to the shock for me, and I don't necessarily think this scene is just for shock value. I mean, I think it's like exploring the characters and everything, but what was kind of shocking to me is that you know, this is John Cusack and Nicole Kidman. like And Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew McConaughey. Like, these aren't some <laughs> indie stars in some, you know, low-budget movie here. Like, that's what shocked me is like, this is crazy stuff. So so it almost reminded me of like Halle Berry and Billy Bob Thornton in, in like Monsters Ball where it's just like you get these A-list stars doing this really revealing material, you know. I just wasn't expecting it. It's like oh, it's just it's so weird and like it just comes at like a I mean cuz I guess the point is like it's supposed to be this really important scene in the movie, right? Like they're finally meeting him in person. These are the guys that are going to exonerate him and he doesn't even care. He's just like, "Oh, he doesn't give a shit." Boys? He's like, are these your paper boys? Like, are these the guys who are, you know, you were talking about that are going to get me free? But he doesn't care about it. He's only He only cares about Nicole Kidman, which in a way, I guess, is sort of romantic, but also in another way, it's just like, oh, like, you're in, you're wrongly in prison. Like, maybe you should take a little bit, like, play, they'd be a little bit more serious about it. I think he calls her a bitch within, like, the first seven words that he talks to her, too. And this is, like, her fantasy come true, right? Like, she is in love with his letters. In person, like, it's great because she knows that he's got to stay in jail, you know? So, like, he's kind of safe from a distance, I feel. And it's just wild stuff, like, on her end. Uh, She's just crazy in this scene. And and Cusack is just so intense and Yeah, dude, I didn't expect it, man. The whole movie is sort of sexually charged. I think that's sort of the point. Like, you know, it's hot in the South, and there's a lot of love triangles, kind of, and all this different stuff. But, like, from this point on, like, the movie just sort of goes into supercharged mode. Like, then we get to them, like, Nicole Kidman and Zeth on the beach, and he's reading Lolita, and it's just like, get it? Like, it's kind of like Lolita... (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, that's sort of obvious. And then they see the three cute girls on the beach, and Nicole Kidman's like, oh, the one in the blue will blow you. And he's like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I ooh, like what, what? That's that's a stranger. Like, I don't want that. And she basically, she's like, I'm not going to. Like, what? You got to like man up, basically. And then he goes out. Like, this is the best and the worst scene in the movie. Yes, agreed, agreed. This is when it took a really weird turn. He goes out into the ocean and starts swimming around and gets stung by a bunch of jellyfish and then sort of gets washed up on shore, and the three girls come up to him because a shirt was Zeph on the beach. They're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Even stoned, they knew that this was a good idea. They're like, 
uh, oh, we're supposed to pee on him. And Nicole Kidman comes up and just like, he wouldn't want you peeing on him. Get out of here. She chases them away and then she pees on him. She says, if anyone's going to piss on him, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. I didn't, it's one of the things that makes me wonder if it's a true story. Uh, because like it's what, it's like such a detail that really has no bearing at any other time. Like It's just this moment, this one scene in the middle no, of the no. movie where you... It has a purpose for so? me. No, I mean, it has a purpose because it shows... That's the scene where we find out that like he really likes her, but at the same time, she's like, oh, I don't care about you, whatever... But then at the end, you see that, like, she does care about him. Like, she definitely peed on him still. Well, she always considered him a friend. It just seems like... I I thought it was kind of played off as a joke, where it's like he's always trying to sort of get in her pants, and and it's like the one time that, like, he's anywhere close to, like, a sexual encounter with her, and and she's peeing on him to save his life. Like, I I don't know. It's just, like, this indignity that, like puts him even further into the friend zone. Apparently, I read this online, that Nicole Kidman has said that she will never reveal the amount of authenticity in the scene that features urine. So I guess there's a chance that she actually peed on him? I don't know. It's I'd let Nicole Kidman pee on me if she wanted to. Well, I mean, you know, if you're an actor, you gotta just, you know, suck it up and do certain things. Dude, if I'm I was Zeph... From, from Efron's point of view. Yeah, dude, if I was Efron at that age, I would have been like, definitely let Nicole Kidman pee on me. That's awesome. This is the same reason why I think it's really awesome in Dirty Grandpa when you have De Niro, like, slapping what's-her-name's ass all the time. It's just hilarious. Like, you'd have to, like, love this as an actor. As a young actor, having, like, an older, like, established actor do something weird to you, I'd be like, fuck yeah, that was the highlight of my day. They seem to have pretty good chemistry together, too. Um, I think I read somewhere the scene where they dance in the rain was improv. Oh, really? Or wasn't there some scene where... Yeah. Yeah, and I, it comes across. Like, there's that great scene... Well, I don't know if great is pushing it, but there's that... <laughs> there's that nice scene when they're in the prison parking lot talking. And That's she's a good like, scene. Just, I like that scene Yeah, a lot. we're like sending them good vibes. Like, I feel like between them, there's sparks there going on, like acting-wise. Yeah, they're working good together there. I agree. That was a really awesome scene when she's in the car and like being like super seductive just to like get his attention. It's pretty cool. Yeah, she's like, I'm so horny. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but then at the same time, it's it's sort of an interesting dynamic, I guess, because at the same time that she's sending off all these signals, the guard, this is the same scene where like the cop comes over, like you guys can't park here. And she's just like, oh, his dad's in there and we just wanted to be close or something. So she's basically calling him her son, right? Like it's a yeah. weird, like it's a weird sort of like forbidden love kind of like, you know, she's, she's just she's, toying she with she, him, man. She knows she's being playful, but at the same time, she's also putting him in his place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've dealt with chicks like this before. They exist. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's got to be done, right? Like, multiple times, she's like, that boy just needs to get laid. He <laughs> just needs to get laid. But she's not the one to do it. Like, you know? And, and and multiple times, yeah, she does just have to do these subtle things to make sure he's in his place. Almost, you know, like a dog or something like that. Like, she just has these, she just has, like, these little things that she'll say or do one thing, and it'll remind everybody that, like, yeah, he's, he's never going to score with her. Well, not never say never. <laughs> yeah, because it does happen later, but, like, I don't know, I don't know if this is, like, a turning point for Zeph, but I feel like the jellyfish incident is the beginning of a bunch of things that sort of rub him the wrong way, kind of, because while he's recovering... They run a story in the paper. Don't they run a story in the paper about how she basically she, she saved peed his on life? him? Yeah, and yeah. and he gets really pissy about that. 
Well, it's his dad's paper, dude. I would be pissed, too. Like, of all the shit you could write about dad, like, you really pick, like, and you emphasize that you got peed on his ear, on his genitals and face. Like, come on. I don't think it was necessarily just like that it was one of the town paper stories, but it got picked up by, the, by like, the associated, a, yeah, associated press. Yeah. yeah, it gets picked up by the AP wire, so like it goes across the country, <laughs> and I think that is like the insult to injury, you know. It's one thing if it's just like a column in a sleepy town paper, and you know, he'll get over it, but like, I don't think his dad ever intended for the entire country to find out. I think so. He seemed kind of like a dick to me. Like, the way he just like treated them, and then like, Yardley's like, it's the news, fucker, you know, so. <laughs> but then it's like not too long Long after this, that Zeph finds out that his brother is gay, and he gets sort of upset about that. And I think right. Are we gonna talk about how he finds out his brother is gay? Or are we just gonna skip that whole scene too? By the way, no, no, we should we should talk about that where they're okay. just walking. They're like at a motel, right? He walks by a room. And see, no, 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 no. To... It starts out that they're in the bar. They're in like a hotel bar. Yeah, they go. Bar. They go to double check on what um, his partner went to report on the golf club incident because apparently John Cusack was stealing sod off a golf course the night the sheriff got murdered. Supposedly, supposedly, and Yardley went down and was like, "Yeah, yeah, I checked it out. It's it's solid." But, but Yardley comes really back f- and he's like no. super friendly with um Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, we never really know. So McConaughey wants to go there and check out it himself. And when they're there, that's when they're at the bar and and he really ties one on. Oh, did you, hold on, did you guys get the sense, and this is when they come back and Zeph is in Yardley's clothing, right? He's just like, get out of my clothes, and like, yeah. he strips down. Did Nicole Kibben and Yardley have sex? Yeah, he, she admits it right yeah. after that. He says, oh, she did, did you fuck Yardley? And she goes, yeah. She said, sometimes you gotta, you gotta get guys like him on your side. Ugh. I'm not sure what that meant, but... Uh. Yeah. I don't know why Yardley wasn't on her side. Oh, that's what it was. It was, she was saying that that's why, because if you look at her the whole time, like McConaughey's looking at her as he's asking Yardley the questions and she's looking like kind of disgusted and I think that she just banged him to say he found this stuff to print it in the paper knowing that the other dude would get out of jail like it was a plot she was just playing him get it did anybody follow that I guess I buy that. So then Zeph gets real depressed about that and goes gets real drunk? No, no, no. I must have missed all this, because I don't really remember... No, it's McConaughey's really drunk in a bar, and they're there, and this is when Zeph gives her his mom's ring, like, after he takes the ring back, and then McConaughey's, like, eyeing up this dude, and they set it up like it's gonna be like he's gonna fight him. But it's also really weird, because the dude, like, grabs his dick a couple times, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of bizarre, but maybe it's, like, 60s fighting. You grab your dick before you fight or something. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I got the sense that he was cruising for some dudes there at the bar. Like, I thought that uh, McConaughey was, like... Clearly cruising for dudes? to get laid. Like, yeah, that's what I thought at that point. Like, nah, um, man, it was just, like, the look on the dude's face. Like, it, it kind of looked to me like he was going to fight him. Then and he approaches them, and the dude doesn't do anything about it, and he's, like, really close to him. I was more confused. Yeah, because I got the sense he was trying to pick him up, because Yardley you know, who was a black guy, I took it to be maybe he wasn't McConaughey's boyfriend, but that they definitely got it on once in a while. And, and, and they admit that like, later, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they admit that, and Yardley even says he got a taste for black guys, oh. and so... But that was after. Uh, that's, that after. is after. Yeah, but I did still get the sense that he was trying to pick these dudes up, or at least like he was trying to read them in that way. Like, I didn't get the sense he wanted to fight them, but I don't know. I could see I could see them setting it up to be a brawl, and then yeah. you to realize like he intentionally gets himself into this situation. But then is, is the guy that they pick up... Is this what McConaughey's into, or is this, or did he sort of like mess with the wrong guy and just gets beat up? I don't know, man. Because like the one dude seems really okay with it, 
and it's just like just like leaves as soon as they come in the room, you know. And he's like in his boxers and it's like totally fine. And the other dude's there, but like I got the sense that he asked for it, and they were not doing anything wrong as far as they were concerned. Yeah, is that what like Efron's like? Where Zeph is like, why is this tarp here? Why is the plastic there? Yeah, yeah. I think I mean it may have gone a little further than McConaughey realized it would have, but he definitely was looking to get into that type of situation that night because it's basically it's a full-blown pulp fiction gimp scene basically like you know yeah dude tied up ball gagged naked on the ground and they're just like they're not it's not sexual it doesn't seem like it just seems like they're just beating them because they're both fully clothed right no 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 the one dude has just boxers on the one dude's fully clothed the other dude has just boxers on that's why it's like really confusing like i like saw it and i was like that dude's just wearing boxers and then i was like why is he beat up yeah it seemed that i i mean i got the sense that they would have sex with him and beat him up at the same time and that's what he was into yeah i mean that's <laughs> crazy i mean it's crazy snm psychosexual stuff but then again that he's you know he's that kind of character like He's a crazy guy. But then Zeph walking by the motel room, not expecting any of this, and just sees his old No, he does. Room. He does, because she comes and gets him and says, yo, you need to come here right now. Something's happening in your brother's but, room. But she didn't... He, but that's the last thing he expected well, yeah. to see. Oh, yeah, for true. Brother, true, true, like, true. tied up naked on Like, the floor. ass off, like, ready to go. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's, that's sort of, I guess that's what I mean, that, like, the two of them don't have any real inkling this is, like, you know, what's going on. He And Zeph, like, punches through the window... And just takes mm. both guys out, right? Like he just has, like he's like, this is that rage you were talking about, Mike, earlier, right? That this is like boiling under him that we sort of knew from his past, but never actually saw in the movie until now. Yeah, I thought for sure he was going to kill the one guy. Same, I really did too. Yeah. I thought he was going to kill him. And I don't think the, and I think everyone was kind of like, whoa, like hold on, like you've got the wrong idea here. <laughs> yeah, because the one guy walks out like really scared and like passes um, Nicole Kidman. He just like passes her and he just like is like kind of like hands up like I didn't do anything wrong situation. So Yeah, but I this I'm glad that they set up that um, Zeph has like this anger explosion issue stuff going on where he becomes um, like super strong. He pulled a move <laughs> on Yardley before where he gets him in a headlock <laughs> and, and chokes him out and now he's like you know, punching through a window, jumping through the window, <laughs> and just like tackling the guy, and it's nuts. I think it's he like was also in under. Me. Was he in underwear in this scene again too? I feel like I he think, was. I think he was. Yeah, he's been in. Yeah, he. You're right. He's in underwear most of this movie. <laughs> yeah, like whitey tighties, like ninety five percent of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then whatever happens, like whatever the real end result of the scene is, it sort of breaks Zeph in a way, right? And this is when he's crawled into a ball, and Nicole Kidman's like, "All right, get up here. Like, I'll get, I'll do this to you. That one. This just this one time, right? That this is." Yeah. Like she well, no, I mean, she feels, yeah. she feels bad for him. Like she's like, oh, this kid just yeah. saw his brother, you know, getting either, either a hate crime against him or just like some real weird SNM stuff. And so whatever it is, whatever psyche, she knows that she's got the medicine to make him feel better. Yeah, like, let's erase this weird sex shit, which is some, like, normal, vanilla, you-fucking-an-older-woman type stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then the movie's like, let's not show that. Yeah! Yeah, <laughs> what? Let's... Yeah. <laughs> Like, let's leave them with that horrible image in their mind. <laughs> yeah, we won't erase it with Nicole Kidman being hot. Yeah, it makes, makes you great. Where were you during the entire, like, McConaughey scene? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's awkward. So it's awkward to see two beautiful people having sex, but it's not awkward to see, like, oh, just come on. Like, Macy Gray, like, make, get your act together. Really, write, write a song about it. <laughs> and so they have sex... McConaughey goes in the hospital. This is the second time, like, both brothers now, when they're on the mend, they both kind of get screwed over by the paper, and this is when Yardley, like, 
publishes the story before they really have the full picture. He's just like, oh, we had some of it, right? Like, we just needed to get it out there. Yeah, just before that, though, wait, hold on. I have a really great quote from the movie. It's during that voiceover, Macy Gay goes, she's sort of like his mama, a high school sweetheart, and an oversexed Barbie doll all rolled into one. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. Like, So we have that. We go to the scene, and then this is when we find out that Yardley's not even British. And he let McConaughey blow him. Because he says he wants he wants um to see the paper beforehand. You know, like he goes to him, right? I think he goes to him before this and he's like, uh, my brother really wants to see the article. Like you can't put his name on it unless he sees it first. Because he knows that like the, you know, the facts are fucked and like they're not real and Yardley made them up. Yeah, which is crazy too, is like they've kind of falsify this article, which is about how the county falsely imprisoned <laughs> yeah. John Cusack you know so it's just like one on top of the other it's just lies on top of like we're getting him off of this charge which was based on lies with this lie of our own <laughs> but because it's published in the newspaper you know like it's got value or credence to it apparently it's enough because like the next scene we see Cusack's just out of prison right like it whatever that newspaper yeah. met, or the article had was enough to get him free to get him sprung yeah yeah they just are like oh he's coming home now like this dude got out <laughs> after the article got published yeah yeah doesn't he just like show up at uh, Charlotte's house yeah dude just, like, this scene was door. hard for me man I can't, yeah, I can't watch shit like this. Like, we had just come off the, like, three-way BDSM shit, and then we get into, like, okay, I had a question for you guys. Was this a rape scene or not? No, well, I think it might have, it it didn't end as one, I can tell you that much, because she's like, oh, can you do this every time, like, having sex with me like it's the last time? (sighs) Dude, this is really, I I thought it was the entire time until she said that, but then even then I was like, is she just kind of lying to herself at the end, like, telling herself that she's liking it to get herself through it? You know, it's very complex what's happening. Dude, yeah, I can't watch scenes like that. Like, what's crazy is, like, as soon as he comes in the room, she's like, uh oh like, yeah no I immediately regret yeah. like ever writing you a letter <laughs> and she says like she stopped writing him too she was like i meant to write you another letter but i didn't because of something and he's like we're still gonna do this here yeah she forgot to write the i'm not into you anymore letter yeah and she's like okay let's roll with this i'll move to the swamp fuck it oh and the swamp like we didn't mention before when they went and talked to uh cusack's uncle oh god but they like trudge through the Florida swamps for like half a day and reach a shack where some guy is like he's filming deliverance (laughs) with his own family you know like he's not really but like the way they depict the swamp people is just like chilling yeah like like the one kid has down syndrome and like it's like hills yeah and like the chick is pregnant but she's clearly not the wife you know like it's just really fucked that's scary people like that exist man think about it but then you know, like, that's where Nicole Kidman's going to live. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, she's so screwed. She doesn't belong there. No, not at all. And it doesn't take very long in the movie or in her life for her to become, like, really, really miserable. She just, like, wants to get out. She, she realizes, you know, in sort of uh, Job Bluth terms, like, she made a terrible mistake. Like, <laughs> this is not what she had in mind. Yeah. Uh, Efron's looking a lot better now. You know, his <laughs> his young naivete and idiocy is uh, 
going a long way compared to Swampland. Yeah, but she was like a scarred chick, man. She knew it. It was actually pretty cool. I like that about her character. She knew she was fucked up, so she didn't make him go through that. Like, she left him like, you don't want this. Like, that's what she says to him. She's like, of all the women out there, like, you're 20 years old, you have your whole life ahead of you, you don't want me. And I think she would have left him alone if he wouldn't have, like, wrote her that other letter, like, I still think about you, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird because he is, like, in a way, like, she's just looking for security, it feels, you know? And um, in the moment, like what is best for me kind of girl and I don't know while I do feel like she does she is like an opportunist or tries to be like I do still feel like in the end when she's trying to get to the wedding and trying to see Zeph that like she's scared or to the point where that I feel like she actually might try and make it work with him yeah I don't know I think she would have tried to make it work with him too. She'd have like got it there. feels like at that point she's like, I've been down, like I've been to the swamp, you know, like I've been to the world, you know, like if I get to Efron, like I'm just gonna like try and ride that out and see where that takes me and not fuck around. It just feels like she knows, like she took it too far. How do we get to the end of the movie? Because we're close to the end of the movie, but then they go to we sort of we we cut to the dad's wedding, right? He's getting yeah. Married. So they're back at the dad's wedding. You have like her in, in the swamp, and she's like, I want to go to the wedding. And you see Cusack say, like, no, I'm done with you talking about this. I don't want to hear it again. And then you cut to the wedding. And you got McConaughey with an eye patch now. Yeah. Pirate McConaughey. Well, they showed him in in the hospital. This is why I don't think it was something he was into. Because, like, he basically looks like he gets blinded in one eye. Like I think they were just beating the shit out of him. I don't think it was something he wanted. I think it was a hate crime. I don't know, though. But he's got those other scars, previous scars. And the one dude you know? definitely had sex with him. So, like, how are you, like, beating up a gay dude and still fucking him at the same time? I don't think they're... I don't, I don't think that's what it is. I, I think he's always a victim of just, like, ignorance and hatred of the South. I don't think it's something he wants. I don't think it's something he's into. I don't know. I think, like, he, it seems like he's wants to get himself into dangerous situations that he can't necessarily get himself out of. You know, like, he's into getting himself into trouble. Yeah. I don't know. We don't really even get enough about McConaughey to understand I like that we don't, his though. Motivations. Yeah, I like that we don't. I like that this movie's kind of crazy like that. The one scene that made me think that he is fine with what happened, maybe it went too far or whatever, but the scene that makes me think that he's fine with it and he accepts it is when Efron goes to meet him at his house and he's like basically just drunk and naked for that whole sequence and he tries to get him to you know shower off and stuff i think he goes to pick him up is he picking him up for the dad's wedding or no he might be i think I so i don't know because at the wedding he seems much more clear-minded and way more with it than he did at the house where he just seemed like he was drunken out of it but it just seems like he's in this pit of self-loathing that he wants to be in and it's part of the discussion the movie brings up i guess yeah this was a lot to talk about. I agree. But yeah, somebody somebody at some point in the movie says, like, your brother hates himself or something. Like, I think it was Yardley when Yardley was like, you know, I let him suck me off. And he then ever since then, like, he's got a taste for it and he hates himself because he's a homosexual. Yeah. Or, yeah and so he's sort of self-punishing himself for what he believes in. Okay, so that's, which, which that's how we're getting there. That's tragic. <laughs> I guess when they're at the wedding, uh, Zeph just, he wants to go to the swamp to rescue her. Well, right? he gets a letter. Like, he gets a letter from Macy Gray. He gets a letter that they never were supposed to give him. Remember, she, like, hands him the letter yeah. from, uh, what's her, Charlotte, and she's like, yo, the swamp fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't want to be here yeah. anymore. Come get me. Yeah, come get me. <laughs> we can make this work. John Cusack doesn't know we're filming a movie. <laughs> yeah. really... He's so pissed He's right really now. He's got a gator out front. <laughs> now, I don't know the timing. I don't remember the exact timing. Because Cusack in this scene, 
kills Kidman. He yeah. kills her before they show up. She's dead. Okay. Okay, she's she's already dead. Like he like she he's just basically tired of her mouthing off to him about how she wants to leave. Yeah, because yeah. she had like the suitcase packed about like trying to go to this wedding, which leads me to believe he he actually murdered the sheriff too. Probably. Yeah, of course he you was know, guilty the whole yeah. time in my eyes. Like I saw like when he came out and he's just like a weirdo, like just muttering nonsense. I was like, this dude did it. <laughs> They're like, where is she? And he says, oh, she was talking about going to the wedding. Like, we just came from there. You're lying. <laughs> You're full of shit. He comes outside and picks up a machete, and McConaughey picks up an axe. And just fucking knifes him. No, no, no. Knifes him is, like, under, like, he's not really <laughs> selling what he did. He, like, yeah. gets McConaughey in a headlock and just, like, basically, is this what you Slits want? Slits his sort throat. Of behead, like, be, almost yeah. beheads him. Like, it's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, dude, wow. I was like, I didn't think they were going to kill off McGonaghy, but that poor dude got fucked literally so many times in this movie. <laughs> I actually thought this climax ended up to be a little weak, even though I like the surprise murder thing going on here. Like, McConaughey picks up an axe and swings at Cusack, but I guess it's because of his depth perception, like his new iPad. Yeah, because he was stumbling around, remember, right? and he was, like, driving weird or something. He was, like, driving the oh, boat Oh, he got weird. shocked by the electric fence. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Getting there from through the swamp was no easy feat to begin with, but yeah, he just like straight up murks him across the throat <laughs> with that machete, dude. Yeah. But what bothered me is that there was no sort of final fight between Zeph and Cusack. Like, I wanted Agreed. to see Zeph's character like lose his fucking mind. I thought you Zeph, know? Zeph like, was just going to murder Cusack and just call it a day. Yeah, I thought for sure somehow that was going to happen. But instead, they just give him a boat out of nowhere, and he has the bodies, and he just drives off. Well, they do a little bit of the end of Adaptation, where they go through the swamp and play hide-and-seek for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought for sure someone was going to get gatored. That's what I was thinking, gated. too! I was just about to say that. You were like, okay, I wish I wish Cusack and Efron would have fought. Yeah, that's a good ending. I wish Efron would have got gatored. That would have been a great ending. <laughs> and it's like, no, neither of those. He just, like, rides off into the sunset, into the sunrise. Yeah, it's so anticlimactic. Like uh, Cusack just circles back to his house, and the bodies are missing. Yeah, yeah. And you see, he's and you like, see, "Oh like, shit!" And he shot. just like shrugs and just like keeps moving. Yeah, he just kind of shrugs and goes into the kitchen. It looks like he starts like making food or something. <laughs> and there's like this awkward shot of Zac Efron with these two dead bodies on the front of his boat as he motors it through the swampland, riding majestically. Home. That's the scene that they needed him in his underwear for. Should have been in his underwear riding majestically. Yeah, they needed a reason for him to strip down naked in the swamp there at the end. Like put the clothes on a branch and distract John Cusack while he gets away. It feels like Lee Daniels gets the shot that he wants of you know Zeph with the two dead bodies. He's just like, all right, I got no time for anything else in this movie. So I'm just gonna say. <laughs> That uh, John Cusack gets arrested, tried, convicted, and electric chaired. You know, no one ever really finds out who killed the sheriff, even though we sort of know. We're going to mention the mom. The mom isn't dead in three <laughs> in three words. It'd be like, "Mom showed up," and you're like, "Oh shit, okay." And then, yeah. And then Zeph becomes a writer of quote some renown who never gets over his <laughs> what first. What is that? Out. Which I don't buy that at all, no, Joey. No. I mean, you were compl- you were saying like he's basically a simpleton. There's no way he's writing a book after this. Movie. What really? I think so. Really. I I don't buy that. He's I have an faith in him. I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't think so. Maybe if Little B is a rapper, Zac Efron can be a writer. <laughs> so I have a bunch of trivia or a bunch of facts about Nicole Kidman. Well, let's play. Let's play. Which well, I mean, I don't know if there's really a game. Okay, okay I'll try to make. I'll try to make, make it a game. Fact in, I'll try to make each fact into a game. Okay, make a game. Okay, so Nicole Kidman replaced another prominent female actress for this role. You each get two guesses. I'll guess. You, you, won't, you won't even come close, I don't think. Oh, I know one of them. I actually know one of them. Angelina Jolie. No. Damn. 
Go ahead. You guess now. You guess. Well, I won't say. I'll just take. No, two. guess. There were, guess. Guess one. There were two girls. No, I just you said I just Joey. See one. Oh, I know the one. Go ahead. Okay, t- tell me. It. Tell me who it is then. Is it? Is it Sofia Varga? So Sofia Vergara. Yeah. Sofia Vergara was supposed to be the old chick. Apparently. Oh damn! That would have been a whole different movie, huh? Because she would have been like distinctly Spanish, in it, you know, like what they had like washed her out. Oh, that's really interesting. Sorry. Well, it's just yeah, it would have been really weird with like all the segregated races <laughs> yeah. and stuff it would, it would going not have on worked. to then. No, it wouldn't yeah. have worked. Uh, Nicole Kidman said this is the only time she'd gone method and stayed in character throughout an entire shoot. Uh, she had to create the quote thrashy, not trashy, but thrashy look of huh. Charlotte herself, as the budget didn't have enough money for a makeup assistant. So she did her own makeup on the film for the first time ever. It feels real. I like that, actually. Actually, I think that that's a good technique. I I wish that they would have some chicks do that in movies. Like, what, what was this movie where the chick put all, all of her makeup with the left hand? Like, did it backwards? It was She was playing a crazy chick. I don't know. This is a fact, movie fact somewhere. It reminds me, though, of Dallas Buyers Club, where the makeup department wins an Academy Award, basically, by spending $12. Like, there was, like... No, really? Like, yeah, like pretty much the same story here there's like no budget and you know everything in that movie just looks like real yeah it looks super real that's what i like about it like she looked like an old like an old skanky chick and i think lee daniels has a really good eye i haven't seen his other films but i'm gonna check out his work because i just you didn't see precious no i have i haven't seen precious yet it's it's rough man it's another one of these like super heavy movies yeah it's super heavy too i think it's actually (laughs) probably more heavy than this so just be ready for it i'm just looking for more of a narrative out of whatever i see precious has more of a flow for sure but it's like it's super heavy dude all right Nicole Kidman improvised the dance scene between her and Zac Efron, and he yeah, described said filming the scene as, quote, the moment I became a man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> high five, Zef. I wish I could high five him right now. That's a great line. <laughs> the moment I became a man. He got a boner grinding against Nicole Kidman. Good job. Alex Pettifer, who I guess is most well-known maybe for Magic Mike or I Am Number 4, was originally supposed to be the Zac Efron role. He was the first choice. Who's that guy? He's he's in Magic Mike. He's in I Am Number Four. He's in Beastly. He's in like looks like all of all the Daniels other movies. He's only been like in eleven things. Oh, is he like is he Magic Mike? So like like, like his protege in that movie. He's British and he's only twenty six in real life. So he would have been twenty two in Magic Mike. So I guess he's. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the first Magic Mike. Okay. I haven't seen so any Magic know. Mikes. I t- I try to see all movies with my name Mike in the title. <laughs> oh, well played. Toby Maguire was originally cast in the McConaughey part, but had scheduling conflicts. And he whoa! Whoa! That would have been whoa. whoa. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. The, the motel Toby <laughs> Man. Oh my god. Rachel hates Toby Maguire so much. That would have been awesome. I would have just loved to have seen Toby Maguire's Southern Drawl. No, it would have been so bad. This movie's McConaughey already nailed it. Worse. No, dude, it's not that bad. Come on, we've seen worse. You've definitely seen worse. Can you imagine this movie with Sofia Vergara and Tobey Maguire? (laughs) (laughs) The only two good parts about this movie... I'm sorry, Zeph, you're not that good in this movie. I think he was good. He wasn't bad. He's not good. I I won't say he's bad, but he's not good. The only two good parts of this movie are McConaughey and Nicole Kidman, and if they were both replaced, I mean, that would have been... It would be fucked. This movie would have been a shit show. I I think we got... 
we got to give it to Cusack, even if yes, he didn't true. know they were filming. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's the there's a couple like moments when him and McConaughey having like their act off, like uh, when he's visiting him in prison and stuff, and he's like, "Ward's in charge, Ward's in charge." <laughs> like I liked all that kind of stuff. Yeah, same. Now here's the last bit of trivia: Who do you think turned down the role that Macy Gray played? I think it's there's it's, it's if you think about oh, it, I know it's this obvious. too. Okay, Jalen, you you just you get the guess. You have two guesses. I have no guesses. I just, I'm just blanking. Hmm. I'll tell you who I wish it was. I wish it was Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. I freaking love Whoopi. Like I just think she's a really great actress, and she could have killed that. Role. Yeah, she could have. I can definitely see her replacing her. Yeah, that would have been. Cool. But in reality, Oprah Winfrey turned down the role of Macy Gray. Rightfully so. Make your Probably. money, Oprah. And the last thing I have is that the guy who wrote the book does not like the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> Damn. I have a fun fact for us. Oh, yeah? Did you know that of, what now, seven Zack attacks, this is the third one we've watched where someone has said the N-word? I f- really? I feel like... Uh... Maybe even four. It might even be four. Did they say it in Parkland? Because it's been in, like, Dirty Grandpa, Neighbors. There's, like, a whole bunch... Like, we've heard it a bunch of times now. White people saying the N-word. Yeah. But this one, this one actually sort of makes more sense than as a jokey movie. Yes! Yes, I know. But, I mean, just come on, Zeph. Oh, apparently they, they wanted Nicole Kidman to say it, and she wouldn't say it. Good. Good for her, man. That's awesome. And then, I mean, like, I don't fault Zeph for saying it because it's like he was a young kid in the movie, so. What's interesting sort of about, I think this is the first time, and maybe it's just the, the way that I think he's like a simpleton, but this is the first time that he sort of seems really childish, and I feel like yes. it's, it's the role that he's playing, but it's going to be interesting as we go back and back further and further. We're gonna as see he does like become real, childish, yeah. Real baby Zeph. Yeah, we will. We're getting to Baby Zeph territory, man. Before we get to the next movie, which is At Any Price? Which Absolutely is not. We just one. did that. The Lucky One. Oh, what's this is, about? I don't know what it's about, but it co-stars Taylor Schilling, who's Piper on Orange is New Black. Oh, um, damn. Before we get there, we're going to have a bonus episode of Neighbors 2, because yes. that comes out on Blu-ray. When, when If you're listening to this the day we Was it September, out, September what? Like 20th or something? So yeah. sometime this month, probably around the 20th, depending on when we can get it and edit it. Uh, but, but before you hear the next movie going back in time, we'll have a bonus Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising, which I'm very excited to see again. Bonus nice. attack. I'm so excited. And also, while we're recording this, we're recording this about two weeks ago, if you're listening to this the day it came out. Uh, the Olympics are still going on, and Zac Efron just met Simone Biles. And they've had a, sort of a back and forth. Oh, nice! So they have a, they took a picture together, and it's kind of adorable. So, so. oh, that's so cute! I want to see the picture. I saw that during her little profile that they run on the Olympics, and I was hoping that uh, Zac Attack caught that too. Nice. So go America, USA, USA, USA. <laughs> Only only USA shouts USA. Mike, is there anything else about this movie or about anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't get to? Uh, the only thing I was thinking throughout the movie is about the title, The Paperboy. I feel like maybe if it was called The Driver, it would sync up a little better because like he's only a paperboy for like one scene and then mm. he ends up driving everybody around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe there are too many movies called Driver, The Driver, Driven, yeah. Driving, all that stuff. Maybe it was too much, but um, I was kind of that's that's really the only little note that I had left. I have two. One, did anybody catch Nicole Kidman's friend in that like first scene when we see Nicole Kidman? She had scotch tape on her hair. Yeah. No. Yeah. What? She taped like no. like sort of like her like what's almost like her sideburns like curls. Kind of, she taped yeah. To her face both sides. Yeah, I was like, huh. 
that's an interesting choice, and I don't understand it at all. I feel like that's just like a terrible job on the makeup department. I don't know what that is. Like, I can't. Like, that can't be intentional. Again, yeah, people doing their own makeup. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what you get. Yeah, I guess. And the other thing was like, if you re-edited this movie, it would feel like the setup to like a really shitty '80s porno. You could you could easily make it like a setup, like especially like the scene like they like go into the prison. He's like, yeah. You know, like, you could edit it really badly, and that's what I was thinking throughout the movie. All you need is just, like, some porno music behind <laughs> yeah. like, the actual... You don't have to change the actual no, scenes. No, no, you, you just change the change music. Change the music. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. Oh, this movie. I wish I liked it more. I just don't... I just can't get behind it. I'll never watch it again. I liked it, but I'll never watch it again. It has no staying power for it's me. It's on like, Netflix, it at least for yeah. now. If you want to check oh. it out, it's on Netflix. Yeah. But, like, I, I can't rewatch this. It was a little heavy for me. I don't want to see it again. But I liked it. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. I yeah, thanks, really brother. appreciate you coming. You'll be back. Let me see here. I'm going to look at our little list of movies. You're going to be back for a movie I'm still not going to say the title of, but it rhymes with me and Orson Bell's. <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, oh, next June. So you'll be gone for almost a year. Oh, oh bye. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh, guys, thanks for having me. We'll see you I'll later. See you soon. So, yeah, if you like Mike, just like we said last time, if you like Mike and me, uh, you can see us or hear us. Not really see it. Well, you can see us on YouTube, <laughs> the Cage Club Awards. But you can hear us every Friday with Keanu Club, or you can check out our past catalog of Cage Club episodes. And then we have a special project coming out in a couple months, you know, two months, two and a half months. So you'll be able to hear us in all sorts of things, all about movies. No matter what you like, there's something that might enjoy you or might interest you, might make you happy. Who knows? I don't know. But anyway, thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So for all things Zack Attack and Cage Club and Keanu Club and all things else, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub. Find past podcasts, see what's coming up next. All sorts of fun stuff there. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Mike Manzi, and we'll see you next time on Zack Attack. From the dusty man.